Today we are talking about hospitality to priests. How do we take care of the good pastors and priests in our lives? Talk to you in a minute here on Elevate Ordinary. Hello, it is 2022. I think we put out a couple episodes before this, but they weren't recorded in 2022. This one is. It is <laughs> a new year that. here on Elevate Ordinary, where we have extraordinary conversations about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. Teresa, how you doing? Good. It's nine in the morning, <laughs> and I'm Pretty really... Early. Yeah, this I'm... This is good. This is good. We're, start, we're starting it. I didn't we're going to record coffee. these in the morning the new year. We're going to be more peppy. <laughs> Yeah, more because pe- that's like I'm really, really pregnant, yes. and towards the end of the afternoon, I'm just useless. We're on the home stretch, but we're trying to get some episodes in because pray for me. a lot to talk Please. about. So, hey, we hope that you guys are having a good new year. I want to remind you, as always, that uh, if you like the these conversations, you're going to be part of this conversation about seeking holiness and, and following our Lord Jesus in the day-to-day life. Uh, family, work, you know, routines, schedules, all that stuff, finding the virtue, finding the Holy Spirit in those times. Uh, hey, join the Manor at St. Anne's. That's our that's our community here around this show. If you want to be a patron of that, check out uh, elevateordinary.com. Uh, but most of all, just thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of this conversation. Oh, and download the app at theawakenapp.io. That's where you can get access to that community. So, Teresa, we've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. No, I think this was one of our first yeah, episode been ideas. There. You get you get this in your head. You get a, a topic that you like, and then you like put it off because oh you're afraid gosh. we're not going to do yeah. it right. You know, I've been putting off like elevate postpartum for a really long time like even we before do ep- we can do topics more than once you know that like well but it'll yeah. take a couple of runs yeah i don't know i'm so type a that's part I of life right you can't wait until you're ready and that's something we talk about a lot on this episode <laughs> you can't wait around until you're ready because you're never going to be ready you have to you have to practice it you have to practice the virtues you're going to need to be ready so we'll take a stab at at <laughs> hospitality to priests and we'll check back in here next year maybe we'll have to do an updated episode once we've learned some more and kept experimenting with it, right? Yeah. So I reached out to a bunch of priests in our diocese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to make sure that I got um, a decent representation from both um, introvert and extrovert priests. <laughs> That's an important one. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized that like I give hospitality as an extrovert. Um, <laughs> Why don't you love me? Come have dinner with me more. <laughs> no, no, no. That's exactly the opposite of what we're going to talk about That's not what we're going to tell them to do? Oh, okay. I'm no. Gonna... Um, so we, I've got this amazing feedback from amazing pastors in our diocese. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of this, I'm we're going to um, break this up into like some practical areas um, based on their responses. You know, things like dinner invitations, gifts, um, uh, food. I'm going to talk about <laughs> some man stuff. Yeah. You know, fraternity. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we have um, a lot of practical advice, but as always, like we want to frame it within a context. Uh, a lot of advice in general. Some of it might even be good. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons why, like priests are really dear to my heart. Hmm. And as I've kind of like discerned this over the course of my conversion life, um, I've noticed that like even f- through my childhood, yeah. up through my college life, I have always had a deep love of mentor males. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, um, 
I love, like, I'm a historian. I love Abraham Lincoln like he were my grandfather. You know, like, I, I just, I have these, um, like, I don't see black and white a lot of times with mentor males. I see the gray. I love them. I love, you know, helping imperfections or, I, I don't know. Like, it, it is something that was, like, present through my whole life. And then once I had my conversion, um, I recognized, like, in my prayer, like, life, like a real, just a deep love for priests and a deep desire to pray and to sacrifice for priests um, well before, you know, I got married and began offering hospitality in the ways that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. um, to priests. Um, but, you know, like I have a particular love for John Paul II. I mean, I think everybody does. Um, but I, I, I had this epiphany a few years ago, um, actually, when I was watching our, our um priest vicar uh, preach. And I used to think like it was so nice for John Paul II to like spend time with young people, spend time with marrieds and, um, you know, engaged couples and young families. And, oh, it was so nice that he poured into them. But then as I kind of lived my own married life and had interactions with my pastors, um, had, you know, priests over and developed um, like acquaintanceship. I don't want to use the term friendships. Um because that can be a trigger word for priests, <laughs> FYI. Um, but just, you know, developing personal relationships mm. in our family with priests, um, realizing that, like, I think that it was, he he must have recognized, John Paul II must have recognized that he was being fed by the humanity of the laity, by the humanity of families. And it, because he's a man first, mm-hmm. right? He's a man first. Um, before he's a priest um, and that, you know, deeply immersing himself in humanity and family life made him a better pastor, made him a better man. Um, And it was really then that I started to realize that like, um, now I'm speaking, like I'm speaking as a lay person in my lay (laughs) observations. Okay. And I know that I'm just going to say what I feel and what I observe. Okay. You can, (laughs) it does sometimes seem like priests can live like a men's club life. And I think sometimes they're funneled into that. Okay. By fear of liability, (laughs) you know, fear of being hurt, fear of scandal, you know, or just like maybe if I keep all of my business, my relationships business, you know, oriented, like there's just no liability. Right. Um, and I think that the the more priests are kind of like removed from family life and from the vocation of a husband, okay? Mm-hmm. So having a, a lot of other like husband friends who are deeply living out their vocation, they can become less and less human, you know? And I like, maybe mm-hmm. I'm not describing this well. Jumrick may need to save me. Yeah, well. Um, but I mean, like you, you give some observations. Then I'll sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I can speak to some of this as well. Both because I, I, I did attend seminary uh, for a while, and now I have a brother who I've seen through his seminary training and his ordination, and now his priesthood. And we, we meet almost weekly to talk about virtue and our prayer lives and all that. And so I, I, I see a lot what's going on with him. We talk about this a lot. Um, and priests oftentimes they kind of fall between the stools, so to speak, in the sense that we do have this weird world we live in where on the one hand there there's all kinds of because of the scandals and stuff, there's there's extra fear and hesitation to 
to be close to people, to be close to families. You have to keep it very businesslike on the one hand. But on the other hand, because of the way our dioceses are are set up, because of the, the priest shortage, just because of the, the nature, the, the, the practical nature of the life of the priest these days, they're they're pretty lonely. They're pretty cut off. They don't have a lot of fraternity with other guys. It's very it's few and far between. They may have had a lot of good, hopefully they had a lot of good um, male fraternity, you know, positive, encouraging, virtuous male fraternity in seminary. But that doesn't mean that they actually have it at a parish. And so they end up having kind of the worst of both worlds. They, they're isolated from their friends, from the other men priests who should be building them up and encouraging them on the one hand. But then they're also a little hesitant um, and maybe they just don't, they're not able to kind of dig in with, with friends and people at their parish. And so, as you said, though, it's it's something really close to my heart because, again, my, my little brother's a priest now. And I've seen so many good priests in our diocese get burnt out, you know, get, get lonely, get isolated. We've had priests leave the priesthood lately in our, you know, in our area. Um, and I don't want to see that for him. I, I want him to continue to growing as a man, uh, as a, as a priest in his prayer life. And we as humans, but I think we as men in particular need that, um, uh, men need on the one hand, other men to, to challenge them and encourage them and build them up. That's just something that men need. I think even in a different and more, uh, uh specific way than women do. But then, as you said, too, I think priests do need to we need to find ways to give them hospitality because they need to remain connected to families because mm-hmm. families really, again, they're the, the basic unit of society and thus they're the basic unit of the church. That's where people come into the world. That's where real life happens is in the context of the family. And so if priests, just because of the, the practical goofiness and the, and the fears of our time, if they're kept separate from that, the reality of where life really happens, mm-hmm. which is in the family, then they're, they're missing out on something. Uh, both something that will inform their teaching and their preaching and their service, but also something that that um, that feeds them as a human being, that keeps mm-hmm. them, as you said, they're human and whole and entire. And so, now we can't just fix that for them. I mean, that they they, they have their life to live and discern and, and all that. But we can talk about ways that we, as a parish, we as individuals, mm-hmm. we as families, can make ourselves ready to offer priests hospitality to to support them in ways that would be good for them. And that's what we're kind of talking about. Yeah. And I, th- I, I want to talk a little bit about a, a parishioner's disposition first, or, you know, the laity's disposition first, because yeah, it's like you want to, you have this episode that's going to give you a ton of action items, you know, um, based on priest's own, you know, surveyed <laughs> what they want. Um, but, you know, you have to become a person who can actually be a source of acquaintanceship comfort to another person, mm-hmm. right? So part of um, what we're really careful to do with our priests, at least like when we when we offer hospitality, is to really practice a spirit of detachment. You know, um, they are busy. And I think a lot of people just take that to me and I'm not going to bother them by inviting them over. Like it must be so stressful to get invited over um, to people's houses. So I'm just, I'm just not gonna, you know, even worry about that. Um, but when we surveyed priests, that's the exact opposite of what they said. They want to be invited over, um, by, uh, families and, uh, couples and whatnot and taken out, um, you know, with a a, a group of guys, you know, to go right. get a beer or whatever. Um, you know, every priest is different. So we're, we're speaking in general terms here, but you do have to have like, like we've had, priests cancel or stuff, you know, because they, they have a dying parishioner. Um, we, we've had a priest 
uh, simply not show up because <laughs> wires just got crossed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just kind of like you have to have this detachment. Like, oh, if father makes it to our house within six months, like I'm going to count that a win, <laughs> you know, like and not and not be, you know, like when they turn you down the first time or, you know, perhaps offer them lots and lots of dates so that you can pick and just be just make sure that they know, like no pressure you know, if you end up not being able to make it, it's not a huge deal kind of thing. Um, so practice that spirit of detachment within yourself and kind of really make that apparent to them when you do invite them over. But also, like, really pray um, for God to show you the areas in your life that would make a friendship with you uncomfortable to someone else. Um, you know, like, no priest wants to be talked to about a about all the scandals all the time, (laughs) you know? Um, And if you are a gossipy person, then how, like, how is somebody going to want to have a trust, a trustworthy relationship with you? And even if they, even if they would want to do that again, that they're, they're people too, and they have their own vices. And we, again, if we want to talk about being hospitable to priests, helping to build them up and support them, we have to make sure that we're being the kind of virtue, as we talk a lot about on this show, has a lot to do with the people you hang out with. I mean, this is this is the the Greeks. Aristotle talked about this. Um, being around virtuous people helps you to be virtuous. So, if you want to be people, you want to be families that help to build up and support and encourage priests. You need to make sure that you yourself are trying to be virtuous, um, so that you're not tearing your priests down. Uh, they too have their vices. We we live in a church that's messy, that's full of scandal, that's full of difficulty, and it's very very easy for Catholics. To, to get caught up in always focusing on all that nonsense, all that stuff, rather than focusing on the highest things, the ideas, the permanent things, and the practicalities of trying to live a holy life. Um, if, you are, uh, if you are focusing on all that drama in the middle, well, you might either be putting off a priest who's trying to stay healthily away from that and focus on the important things, or in another case, you may be drawing a priest into some, up an area of vice for him. We need to be people who are trying to be virtuous so that we can we can share that with priests, you know, because that's that's their calling too. Um, and so make sure that you're practicing that the virtues of good relationship in the sense, yes, yeah, so there's that, that detachment. There is, you know, being careful with word and speech and the kind of things that you focus on, the, the curiositas, studiositas kind of a thing. Uh, make sure you're practicing those virtues so that what you're able to offer them is, a, in your family, a, a friendship that is edifying to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes um, we we've had some pretty great questions over the last several mm. years when we invite people over. Like, what are you reading? Is an awesome question for almost anyone that you have over. Or mm. like, for a priest, you know, like, where are you from? Where'd you go to seminary? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Our kids like um, what languages do you speak? Because a lot of mm. times priests are really educated and they speak multiple languages, yeah. and so that's kind of cool. Um, what are some of the things you're working on or that are happening in your mm-hmm. parish that you're excited about? Yeah. You know, give them a chance to to to, to push into the, the positive stuff, you know, and and talk about that. Another thing, Father Peter and I, uh, my brother, we noticed about a year ago on on how, you know, we, we, we do try to get together and have intentional conversations about our faith life, about our prayer and virtue um, or our, our attempts to grow in virtue. Um, we noticed that in our conversations, as with other conversations, sometimes we would get past the small talk to like the real meat, and we and we loved that. But sometimes it would be hard to get there, and we sort of called that out once, and we we're like, "What? 
why don't we let's make it more of a point to get together and just jump right to it. Let's 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 get together and ask each other, you know, like what's the Lord doing in your life lately? Like talk to me, what's going on in your prayer and your and stuff like that. And so so to hear, you know, uh, you know, find uh, respectful ways to, to to invite them to talk about what really got them into this business in the first place. Talk about their ministry. Talk about what they're excited about in their parish. What they're excited about in their uh, the evangelization of their parish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Practical stuff. Um, questions. So hard questions. To you. Questions that you ask. <laughs> you might. Uh, oh, I did want to say like, yeah. and, and you know, I I touched on this just a little bit. Um, that a lot of times people feel like my priests are too busy. Yes, they are busy. Okay. Um, but they do want and need parishioner, you know, hospitality coming to my house or, you know, joining us at a restaurant or whatnot. Um, but we also have to recognize that like, if we who believe ourselves to be stable, people who are attempting to live out our vocation. Okay. We have, we all have flaws, you know, we all have vices and whatnot, but if we, if we're trying and we're intentional, um, we need to recognize that a lot of times priests do get a lot of invitations from people who do not have boundaries or who want something from them, Mm. you know? Um, And so I think it is refreshing (laughs) probably to be invited to a house with a lot of kids who take up a lot of the conversation and, are kind of antiquey and then, you know, you send them away and have a nice adult conversation um, without an agenda. Um, and all the, all the priests said that, like, don't invite us over with an agenda <laughs> to talk to us about this problem no, that you want solved. Yeah. Um, one priest said, like, do be honest. You know, if I ask you about the parish, do be honest, mm-hmm. but don't invite me there because you want to get on my team Alliance Dwight versus... <laughs> Jim, like you don't want to form an alliance or something like that. Absolutely, or... I do. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. So uh, I had a conversation with a amazing older man in ministry who was a Protestant pastor and he's now um, Catholic and he does just a ton of ministry. Um, and he had some really great ideas about men mm-hmm. and how men can minister to priests. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that if you are 10 years senior or 10 years junior of your priests, like somewhere around there, um, and you've got like another decent group of men about the same age in the, in the parish that you hang out with or whatever, you know, working towards your vocations together, um, to invite that priest to your small group study or take him out to the pub or pizza place or whatever. Um, if you've got, you know, if you know, you have an athletic priest and he loves running or he loves basketball, yeah. you know, offer to get together, you know, or invite him to a bonfire. Um, your brother loves, woodworking and chopping wood that was like one of his favorite things at seminary and someone asked me from his parish when he first got you know sent to a parish like what is he what would he really like and i'm like you know what (laughs) it's gonna sound really weird but he really likes to chop wood and he likes to woodwork so i don't know if anybody yeah you know knows anything about anything about that um but uh well and i I wanted to comment that real quick yeah we we will do a a different episode sometime talking more about uh, men and fraternity, their need for fraternity and the kind of fraternity they need with other men. Um, So I won't go too deep deep in that today, but I just want to say that very briefly, 
men, again, need other men. They need encouragement. They need a challenge. They need holistic fraternity. So not just fraternity where it's just about the intellectual or it's just about you know reading, reading the Bible. Those things are good. Men need fraternity with men who, in a holistic way, they need to be building stuff together. They need to be training together. They need to be studying together. They need to be praying together. Uh, men need that. Priests are men. Priests need that. So, uh, again, I'm going to have another episode where we talk more about that. But you need to be finding ways to build that kind of fraternity for yourself, for the other men in your parish, but also for your priests. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to build the kind of fraternity that's really going to feed them as men. And so that's exactly as you were saying. Build that fraternity so that you can invite priests to it so they too have a place they can go to be with other men who are pursuing virtue and holiness in their lives. Yeah, because part of like our job of, of laity is being the stability in your parish because your priests are going to move, right? right? Um, and we we all have temperaments and whatever that we prefer, but the reality is like your priest will go and another priest will come. And that transition time um, can be really difficult. And so it's like to have a, a stable group of families, a stable group of men that can just, you know, like offer help. Yeah. You know, getting to know the town or whatever. Um, let's get into these practicals because now I'm starting to talk about all the practicals and <laughs> we're going to get them out of their little boxes. Yeah. Little box kind of person. Stay in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so um, inviting, invite your priests over. Invite your priest, like consider them when you are planning things. But again, like always be detached. You know, we have sacraments happen all around the same time at the parish. You know what I mean? So like father's not going to be able to visit all the confirmation parties and all the first communion parties. Um, but you know, it's customary. Uh, one priest said, uh, invite in terms of inviting priests to family gatherings, baptism parties, wedding rehearsals, anniversary celebrations. I suggest sending them a formal invitation. Like you would send everyone else or an email is fine. Generally speaking, if someone waits until the day of the gathering and casually mentions it to the priests, um, he will probably assume the people will then probably assume that they aren't interested. He isn't interested in coming over because they waited to the last second. Um, so he'll probably have something else on his calendar. So sending a, an extended invite, you know, like a ahead of time invite is really helpful. Um, but we do like, we have a, a priest that we know who doesn't have any family in this country. Mm-hmm. And so we invite, we, we leave kind of like an open invitation and like send a reminder around holidays, you know, like you spend thinking if you don't have anything else going on, you know, you're welcome here. This is our Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner time with our family. You know, you're welcome to come. Yeah. Um, just kind of like an open holiday invitation reminder, yeah, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if you just, if you really need a place to eat or whatever, you know, cause we, we actually live kind of close to our parish. So it's, um, it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, when inviting priests over to dinner with your family, offer several possible dates. Um, because a, it shows that you're serious about having him over and B it shows you understand that most of his parish commitments are on evenings and weekends. Sadly, some people presume that the priest is not interested in spending time with them if he declines their first invitation. Usually it means there's already booked with something else at that time. Yeah. Um, it's best, and this actually was a response that a lot of people had. Um, the best time to ask a priest about getting together is not right after mass <laughs> when there's a long line of people um, waiting to greet him. Uh, there, there, it was suggested like maybe mentioned to him, we'd love to have you over for dinner. Mm. I'll send you an email this week, you know, or I'll call, leave a phone message at the rectory. 
but don't try to pop out your schedule and try to figure it out right there. You know, it's funny. It's true for the ones you've said, and I'm sure some of the other practical advice we'll give that in some sense, this is all translatable into hospitality with other people too, in the sense that you, we, we so on the, it doesn't mean you never, you know, on the fly invite somebody to dinner. But the point is, is that you're, you always need to be detached. Like you want to put yourself at the service of your friends. You don't want it to be a big pressure thing like, oh, we couldn't make the date work. Oh, no, no. It's like, no, you, you want it to be a low pressure thing. Those are the families' house whom your family like to go over to mm-hmm. because there's no pressure. Like you know that you can go or that if it doesn't work out, hey, we'll do it some other time. Like that's – we all kind of need those other families in our lives that we can go and feel like it's a second home. Yeah. Because there's no pressure. It's just it's normal. We've kind of gotten over the hump of just of just being together uh, and we know that it'll happen again. And so, yeah, we don't tend to clean when people come over. Like I'll clean the bathroom because we've got a lot of kids in only one bathroom. Um, but like we tend to clean. We don't go overboard. Well, yeah. we clean more now that we have a dog. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> but there were several years where like our dining room also had this like homeschool table. Do you remember that table in the corner Yeah. where it looked literally <laughs> like, like nine children just got out of school and dumped the contents of their backpacks on this table. And it was just left there and I never That's cleaned great. it. It is possible that that was even there when we had the Bishop over <laughs> just full of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean like we, and we've talked about that before. It's, it's, it's somewhat strategic, uh, that we've resisted the impulse to to get too crazy about the cleaning, just because, like, we need as families to to normalize messy hospitality, you know, hospitality yeah. that 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 doesn't require a high bar before you actually like get together with people. No, you need to make it stupid easy. Give people lots of dates, make it easy, make it very easy for them to reciprocate because they see, oh, this is this is this is casual. We're just mm-hmm. getting together. We're just sharing life together. This isn't some formal formal put on. We're not putting on a show for each other. We're just sharing lives together. And that's yeah. true too with your priests. I mean, obviously you want to show them respect, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, tidy up a little bit and all that, but you don't want to, as we said at the beginning, don't make the perfect the enemy of <laughs> just getting together and yeah. having a meal. Yeah. Um, so this is just something to keep in mind. It, this kind of occurred to me a long time ago, but it hasn't occurred to me lately, but a couple of priests mentioned it. Hmm. Um, we actually used to belong to a church for an order of clergy. And at that particular church, the priest, um, the priest leader decided no priests were allowed to go to anyone's house for dinner at all because there was like favoritism or like accusations of favoritism, you know, like why doesn't, why didn't father come to my house and why did they come to there? No, I know, I know, but that was the priest's decision. I'm not going to get fussy about it. Um, but that may be a reality. It's like some priests said that like they never reciprocate invitations. Yeah. So they wait for you to make an invitation to come to your house, but they're not going to invite you out to dinner Gosh. or to a baseball game or, <laughs> you know. Um, and I get that because they do leave. They invest and mm-hmm. then they leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, why doesn't Father come see me anymore when he was at my parish before? Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. I don't like to act based on that information. I would rather act based on hospitality. But there is well, like some and, some and that in that situation again. The, the backdrop to that situation was that there was obviously uh, people who were jerks, right? There are people mm-hmm. who were complaining about things. And so again, the whole point, as you said before, is we need to offer this service to priests. We need to offer them hospitality, but then be detached about it because they have a bazillion people and they're really busy, you know. And they need to they need to find uh, uh, people and families that that they can. Uh, you know, share, share some meals with, but they need to have the freedom to do that. 
you know, mm-hmm. and so you need to be detached about it and not be, I don't know what do you want to say, not be poopy about it, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not make everybody suffer. Not make everything about you. <laughs> not make, just, oh, this is why we can't have nice things in the church. <laughs> now we do have a priest friend, but I try really hard, like not just your brother, just you, Peter, Father Peter. <laughs> um, but like we, I mean, I, I try not to like make a deal about it unless it directly comes up, you know? So like, yeah, I mean like, and I think that that's appreciated because then it doesn't put him in an awkward situation with other people. You know what I mean? So that's just something I would meant to mention. Offering help. So here are the priest's advices. 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 What did Dominic say the other day? He declined a food. Uh-huh. A spare a guy. <laughs> My the, 10-year-old. That's the Latin. That's <laughs> the like, Latin. I was like, do you want any asparagus? <laughs> and he says, I do not want any asparagus guy. We also do the Pomodoro method. And so we like, <laughs> I, you do one Pomodoro of schoolwork or two Pomodori of, of your writing homework or whatever it is. Yeah. Pomodori or E. I don't know if that's <laughs> it's Italian. Or, e. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's faux Latalian. They're so funny. Yeah. I felt really smart when I learned how to say multiples of things or probably around his age mm-hmm. like that okay so um i'm gonna give my advice first and then i'll give the priest's advice for offering help um so as a mom there are still ways that i can offer help to my priests like this is a really particular scenario but i'm just going to tell it mm. because it'll maybe give you an idea yeah. so we have a herd share like a raw milk herd share oh, can i say that or are we gonna get canceled uh, <laughs> it's legal in my state yes <laughs> we're all legal um, with a priest that we live near. And so when I go pick up my milk, I pick up his milk too. Um, cause it's like, you know, 15 minute each way drive. Um, and then I'll, you know, send a kid to drop it where he wants it dropped in the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes he'll reciprocate, um, or at least he's offered to reciprocate. I don't know if I want to send him with pick the huge milk, yeah. cooler that, you know, we have to do or whatever. <laughs> we, we consume um, a lot of milk and eggs. But it's like something, it's something that I can do, right. you know, to help him, um, you know, and if you know, like, so I'm tr- I was trying to think of other hypothetical examples. Like if you know your priest loves fresh food and fresh vegetables mm-hmm. and you're going to a farmer's market, Hey father, I'm heading down to the farmer's market. Did you want anything? You know, or like, if you ever want me to pick up something when I go, just let me know and I'll drop it off sure. at the parish office or whatever. Um, and I definitely encourage other families <laughs> to invite their priests over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I can do as a mom, you know. Um, so we have a priest in our diocese who had a meal train set up when he was in quarantine with COVID. Mm-hmm. And he liked it so much that he set up like this perpetual meal train one day a week where people could either bring him a meal or they could invite him over to his house, their house. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. That was like, I that what a great idea. I mean, obviously that was at his impetus. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to impose that on someone, but mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, nice. yeah. Um, okay, so this was advice from a priest. One of the most challenging times for a priest is when he moves to a new assignment. Giving him a warm welcome, even when you're sad that your previous priest is leaving, is helpful to your new priest. Reminding him of your names after the first couple months can also be helpful. Um, the first couple weekends are chaotic and usually a blur, so he won't remember much of what you tell him about yourself. Um I had another priest tell me that like, like people want the the new priest to solve all their problems right away, <laughs> and he's like, "Geez, I just got and out of seminary, seminary, and like I'm here, and I I 
don't even know where anything is in the city and like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like give me a month to settle in. Mm-hmm. Um he says offer to assist with practical needs can also be very helpful when a priest is transitioning to a new assignment. For example, helping him move boxes around the rectory and unpack might be something that an unathletic priest could use assistance with. <laughs> It can also be helpful to have him over for dinner the first few weeks and make an offer like, I've lived in this town for 10 years and my husband's family's lived here for 30 years, so let us help if you, let us know if you need help finding anything. I'm not very good at reading out loud. <laughs> um, most priests need to find new doctors, barber, dentist, grocery store, pharmacy, bank, etc. It's nice to know who to trust in the town. So that's kind of cool. Um, Retired priests. I I forget about retired priests. We did have a retired priest live right down our street until he died, and I didn't even Hmm. realize it. (laughs) Um, The priests most in need of practical assistance are probably elderly priests who no longer have a parish assignment. A parish priest can often ask other people, but when a priest lives on his own in senior status, he could have many needs that laypersons can help him with, from lawn work to setting up a new cell phone to going grocery shopping when he can no longer drive. Um, my dad actually was best friends with an elderly priest until he moved mm-hmm. towards, fam- you know, to family and he like didn't know how to send emails. So my dad would come over and send emails. He would set up the bulletin for him, um, you know, book his plane tickets and all this other stuff. Cause my dad knew technology and this priest didn't, um, he would drive him to the airport. I had another priest mention that like, um, offering to drive them to the airport is really helpful. Yeah. Um, so, food. This, mm, yeah, I want to make sure. <laughs> that's my one. favorite. Yeah. Okay, do you uh, pause? Do you have anything to add? To the, that one? No, to all of them. All the, no. What no. we've said so far. It's 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 good. I, I do like the the point about the retired priests, right? Because what treasures we have in them. Um, but they, yeah, there's just the practical needs there. I know we have friends in Steubenville that are they're planning ahead with with a priest that they know to to help take care of him. You know, mm-hmm. when he's in retired status, uh, we need to think about that for all of our elderly relatives and friends, um, but our priests too, you know, and yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good reminder. Thank you. Yeah. We always have father Peter in on our thoughts for purchasing our future property, Right. <laughs> you know, right. because, um, he's going to, well, we hope, you know, he'll retire with us and hang out with us and or even, or even in between times. Like I, I, we don't have yeah. it now, but I'd love, you know, someday, uh, to have land where we have a space that whenever he, you know, needs to come get a break and have some time away that we have a little cabin for him or something like that, you know. Yeah, I've actually uh, people have offered priests oh, like vacation their, their vacation homes. home. Yeah. Like, that's a so what, a, what a nice thing I'm to not be able in to a position. Yeah. <laughs> One time we tried to offer our priest <laughs> to stay in the home behind us whenever he needed it. It wasn't it, it's just like a house on the street. Oh, well, it's other, it other was like family house, so. it was like a fail at hospital at, at like, like we don't have a beachfront property, but there, there's this house behind us right, right. that we don't even know. We offer what you we can, you can stay in it. Anyway, okay. food sorry. onward. Food. Okay, so this is a really fun one to hear all the tips from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give my tip first, and then I'll get into the priest tips. Um, I have found. And maybe the priests who I give it to don't appreciate this, but they all say they do. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with it. Um, that like we we have a big family and I make a lot of soup. So oftentimes I'll save my old pasta jars and lids, excuse me, to um, put uh, like a serving of soup in. And then I take it to the priest if I know mm-hmm. I'm going to see 
um, a priest within that week or whatever, like I'll take it to them and they have a can of soup, you know, or like a bottle of homemade soup. Um, So bring food in like single sized servings Mm. or frozen. Mm. Um, Because if you can't check before, like if you can't check and you're going to give father a gift, um, homemade pickles have been a huge hit too. (laughs) Like we have some ladies in our group who like are always attempting like homemade pickled things. And the priests have really (laughs) enjoyed that in the past. Um, I, I, one time I brought a priest radishes in the confessional it, was, it wasn't, I don't think it was appreciated. <laughs> so that was a fail. That was a fail. They were fresh from my garden. I was really excited and I wanted to got, share. Got these radishes here, Father. <laughs> you, still have to, you still have to pray the three Hail Marys in case, in case there was any question about that. <laughs> uh, okay. So the biggest thing that priests mentioned mm-hmm. was... The flood of sugar that they get at Christmas time. Yeah, this is good. Like they can't eat it all; they give it away or it goes to waste. Um, so that was that was a huge thing. And I wanted to come in that a little bit yeah. too. Like again, we all know this in our own lives that we we have a responsibility to take care of our health for the sake of our vocation. I'm to be a healthy, strong man as best as I can in order to be the best husband and father I can be. That's just part of my vocation. That's a struggle. Like we all wrestle with trying to be healthy and trying to make good choices. We know how much harder it is when like we're on different pages with our family or we're always going to events where we're surrounded by junk food. Like we know how hard that is. Imagine being a priest where everybody's like just dumping their cakes and their cookies and their pies and their nut cakes on you all the time. And, 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 Oh, I'm doing this thing for father. And so you feel bad rejecting it, but they're people too that have to take care of their health and they need to be encouraged and helped in that. So like, I mean, don't give them tofu because tofu is not healthy, um, <laughs> but give, you know, help them oh, by shoot. giving them good. I don't care. I don't, I don't give a crap. <laughs> help them by giving them good, real, whole food. You know, like we, uh, again, help them in that vocation, help them be healthy, give them delicious food, but, but help them to be healthy because then you're contributing to their, their whole person. Something that's tasty, that, that is, is comforting in that way, but that's also going to build them up as a person to be able to continue to live out their vocation. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was, feel <laughs> a lot of passion about this topic. Yeah. I was um, <laughs> actually at, with my dad having a priest as a best friend. He, yeah. My dad would just get like at Christmas time, just like all of this sugar. <laughs> Right. Because the priest Thanks. was like a health yeah. food nut, and oh, and they'd give it to your dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, then the pressure is there to them to not let it go to waste because it was homemade and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so one priest suggested ordinary time cookies. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like, don't just give them at Christmas time. Okay. Like maybe. Oh, like spread randomly out a bit. <laughs> in the year or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was I was on the phone with a um, friend that we had from college who's now a priest, mm-hmm. and. He, I was like, what about gifts, Father? What do you like to get as gifts? And he's like, oh. Uh, I love this one. Oh, I don't. You know, we, we have everything we need. And I don't really. But, you know, meat. <laughs> <laughs> meat. That's If there's one takeaway, buy your priest meat for the yeah. freezer so that he can eat healthy. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Father Peter Good said protein. that like one of the best gifts anyone gave, gave him was like frozen beef. Yeah. And it was just like I. I could use it anytime. I didn't have to use it then. Like it was frozen and it was just like, thanks. I started a new ministry called Deers for Frares. No, that almost went went the wrong way. (laughs) 
Yeah, men who, anyway. who go out and hunt and then they fill their priest's freezer with venison. That would be a great ministry, yeah. you know. <laughs> so uh, this priest said, I like all foods, especially healthy and vegetarian ones. Um, oh, shoot. Sorry, I got distracted. Some priests enjoy cooking for themselves. Others do not. Most have several days a week when they are too busy to really cook. Dropping off a meal to your priest is usually very welcome, though it can be helpful to check ahead of time for a convenient day so you don't drop off food when he's out of town or whatnot. Pro tip, most priests receive a lot of baked goods at Christmas. So instead of dropping off Christmas cookies, I suggest some ordinary time cookies at some point before or after the holiday season. This priest said, for me, I'd much prefer dinner over dessert. At Christmas time, for example, I get flooded with cookies, even though I live by myself. And while I appreciate the offer, it's like, how about a pot of chili? <laughs> See, there you go. That's right. Love it. Um, okay, we, you, we have, we've got like a, a plague going around the world. COVID. Give your priest some good hearty chicken soup. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, gifts. Okay. So this was consistent. Priests do not need a lot of things. Okay, that was like every response. This was and, a good one. This was yeah, one. yeah, and priests don't this. expect gifts. They don't mm. expect them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but the I, overwhelming, like this was the overwhelming response, and I was really surprised because I've never thought of this, mm. and it was gift uh, gas cards. Huh, that's good. Because they drive everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have to get in the car and drive to the hospital and anoint someone. They have to get in the car and drive to, you know, that just that absolutely never occurred to me. So every almost every single priest said gas cards. Um so restaurant cards are good too because then they can enjoy a meal out or whatever. Um audio book or book gift cards was another one. Meat, we already mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And not all priests appreciate Starbucks stuff. Huh. Specific. Is that a thing that people give a lot of to priests? Yeah, because it's like the coffee place. So they're thinking like yeah. Father can get a coffee. Yeah. But like, yeah, I've, I don't want to say things negative, but not all priests appreciate the brand of Starbucks stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they don't need religious articles. Um, however, yeah, yeah, that's like, that was like a big one mm. and they can't do anything with them cause they were gifts. And so it's kind of like, so they just get boxes and, boxes. Yeah. and they're always, yeah, I mean, they're always you moving. Good, you get a good, one that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I put that one though. Well, one of the priests had commented that, yeah, I mean, they, they move a lot. So mm -hmm. if they accumulate a lot of these really nice, really thoughtful religious items as gifts, then they feel bad giving them away. And so they just end up with these huge piles of things that they can't ever really use yeah. or appreciate that they have to keep moving from parish to parish. And so, yeah, one priest said the older that he gets, the more he appreciates having less, less stuff because he just moves and yeah. moves and moves. Yeah. Um, so that's really helpful to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. um, they don't tend to need religious articles. However, I do know that priests appreciate stuff brought back from abroad so um, I work for a pilgrimage company and my partner, Maggie, um, catholicfaithjourneys.com. <laughs> um, my partner, Maggie, um, is so good about like asking priests what they need oh, when she good. goes to Rome. Yeah, what do you need? Um, yeah. You know, or like Norcha or the Holy Land. She She's beginning to know like what priests like what things. Mm. And actually, we have a lot of priests in our diocese who want vestments and shirts like cleric shirts from a specific 
place that's kind of in a touristy part of Rome that you would mm-hmm. visit anyway. And so she'll come back with her suitcase like full of, and she, she's, you know, she's the head of a travel company, so she travels all the time. So she'll come back with like the suitcase full of clerics yeah. <laughs> and nice. bring them back for the priest. So there is, I mean, I think there is, it might just be nice if you're going on a trip or something and say like, hey, Father, you lived in Italy. You want me to bring you back anything or whatever? Um, so, yeah. Like or you good. love St. Philomena. I'm going to a shrine. Do you want anything? You know, yeah. whatever. Um, and, yeah. Okay. And prayers and encouragement. So this was a big one. And, again, it's not something that I think about because I'm like, oh, they pray. We, we were talking about this yesterday morning, I think. Because, you know, and one of the priests, they, you may read his quote, mentioned it. And I I was like, oh, yeah, I wrote down a note. And I just fired off an email to my pastor that morning. And I, he got right back to me saying he really appreciated the word of encouragement. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I did too. Maybe you got one from sure. both of us. No, I think, so I sent it to our um, <laughs> our vicar. Nice. Yeah, oh, so both of our priests got nice. some love based yeah. on this. Um, please remember us in your daily prayers. We're always being bombarded by the attacks of the devil by stress, by administration, etc. Daily prayers. A little note of email encouragement. A simple thank you after Mass. Excuse me. goes a long way in keeping us going and motivated. Uh, priests could use written or spoken words of encouragement and assurance of prayers. Also to inquire about their priest's health and spiritual life. Um, someone else also mentioned like they would love to receive a spiritual bouquet, which is kind of like What's where a you... spiritual bouquet? You ask like a bunch of people, like if you got a family, if you want to do it in your family, mm-hmm. you know, you'd ask someone to do like a, a penance or a prayer for the priest yeah. and then you'd write them all down in a card and give it to him I and did say, these things for yeah, yeah, we've done it in our mom's groups before mm-hmm. where like we've given a spiritual bouquet to a mom who had a miscarriage or something like that. Right. Um, but those, I, I, that was on almost every response. Those are good. So, so go email your priest right now. Tell him he's doing a good job. You're praying for him. And then pray for him. And then pray. Yeah. yeah. Actually pray for him. Don't lie. Don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've totally been praying for you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Do it first. Yeah. I would love to know if you have any other practical tips for giving hospitality to your priest. So put them below or wherever you put comments on however you're watching this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't understand yeah, how the technology works. I just yeah. sit in this chair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so some good stuff. Thanks for joining us for this this episode, this conversation. Again, as we said, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, again, on this show, what we're doing is we're looking at some of these ordinary aspects of life and saying what are what are the opportunities for virtue, you know, for growth and holiness, uh, for service that we're missing because it's in the ordinary life uh, that uh, God is making us saints if we if we embrace it, if we allow Him. So, thanks again for joining us for this episode. Uh, be sure to to check out elevateordinary.com if you'd like to be a patron of the show. Hey, we'll talk to you again next week. God bless.